Hello, awesome marketer. Let me ask you a question before we start today's episode. Are you looking to plan your content calendar more efficiently, save time across your team, and publish social content like a pro? If so, you're in luck, because Planable allows you to do this and much more. Planable is the content collaboration tool that makes it easy for marketing teams to preview, plan, approve, and publish social media content six times faster for Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, Twitter, YouTube, Google My Business, and TikTok, all in one place. So go to planable.io slash old school to find out more. Our podcast listeners will get 30% off for three months by using the coupon code old school after choosing the plan that fits your needs. Once again, go to www.planable.io slash old school and get 30% off for three months by using the coupon old school at checkout. I cannot wait to see you breezing through your content and your plan like a pro. Welcome to Alt Marketing School. We are proudly bringing together a new wave of marketers, just like yourself. We want to provide you with the skills to speak to your audience perfectly, empower clients with winning strategies to market their brands, champion their values, and make a positive impact in the online world. My name is Fab, and I'm your host. May the class begin. Hello team and welcome back to a brand new interview for Old Marketing School. Today you're going to hear my excitement because I'm joined by the incredible Anna Brightman who is co-founder of UpCircle and she founded UpCircle when she was just 22 and the brand is known for pioneering by-product beauty and in 2020 Anna and her team launched the UpCircle range into 2,000 plus retail doors across the UK and the USA. They even tripled the size of their team and launched seven new products, all in the height of a global pandemic. So today we really explore both the successes, the struggles, but also how they keep innovating their products, their marketing, and so much more. It's a jam-packed conversation, so definitely make sure that you've got the notepad ready or your notes app because you're going to learn so much. It's also really exciting because Anna is one of the startups that we're actually using as a case study for our old marketing certification. So our students are actually working on a case study that Anna provided as part of our social impact scholarship, where not only we offer support and discounted scholarships to founders and small team members of social impact enterprises, but also we use startups and incredible small brands as case studies to really help them and also our students put into practice what they're learning throughout the certification. Before we jump in, as a reminder, if you want to find out more and you want to apply for our upcoming cohort, just go to oldmarketingschool.com slash learn to find out more. In the meantime, I thoroughly hope you enjoy this chat with Anna. She's amazing and I'm 100% sure you're going to learn so much from her. Squirrel friends, Anna, I'm very excited to have you, to have you, let me say, for the first time on Not Marketing School, but actually for the second time on one of my podcasts, because I love chatting to you. So welcome back, I guess. 
thanks again for having me. I'm so excited to chat to you. It's been a little while, so it's always nice to see a friendly face. Lass, one of the things that I love about Anna, and honestly, all the founders that I encourage to come and chat, obviously, about marketing, because that's that's a big part of a marketing school, as well as like the interesting evolution of their businesses, is that you are one of the founders that is really open to talk about a lot of elements of the journey. And similarly to myself, you still, obviously, from the last time we spoke, so we'll talk about it more today, I'm supposing, but you still have a really good overview between you and your brother on what's going on in all the different areas of the business, even if the business is scaling and growing. And I think it really helps us understanding also some of the learnings that you've had and some of the things that you've learned as well. Oh, I'm pleased to hear that. To be honest, sometimes I still, we're, we're now six years old as a brand and I still think, oh my goodness, I don't know what I'm doing or how have I ended up here? So um, always nice to keep your feet on the ground and, and reassure other people that it can all look like it's going brilliantly, but those at the top of it are still just figuring it out every day. <laughs> question time i have a couple of questions so this you gotta start it and to warm us up as they say and uh, there are two so easy peasy lemon squeezy the first one is which i'm super interested in obviously you are a founder so i'm wondering if you weren't the founder or the co-founder say about circle and you weren't doing what you're doing now what would you be doing instead what would be the plan b what would have been the other thing that you might have done specific to my brand or like a different job you could be an archaeologist for all i know okay so if i wasn't the co-founder of upcircle my second dream job would be to uh work in jewelry making and jewelry design i've i'm i'm kind of known for always having a different pair of earrings in i've just absolutely adore jewelry I've no, i don't have anything other than a love of it and also I'm definitely a collector of it but if I wasn't in skincare doing exactly what I'm doing right now I would love to design jewelry uh, I have no idea how I've never tried <laughs> I used to make you know my own little earrings when I was like 15 uh, I have no skills there whatsoever so it would definitely be something I would have to learn <laughs> but as a as a kind of second dream job that would definitely be it I was actually going to ask you whether you have done one because you sound so passionate. I was like, maybe, maybe she's wearing her own creations right now. She's like, no, no. <laughs> I wish, I wish. Uh, no, I, I definitely like when I was at school, uh, kind of pre-teenage, I used to get like I buy little plastic beads with like little stars on them, and I buy the backs of earrings with the butterflies off. I don't know some sort of jewelry supply website online and I used to sell them for like one pound at school but there was again no skill involved in it whatsoever <laughs> it's unbelievably basic uh, so I would like to think that if it was something that I did ever explore there'd be more kind of metal work and like looking at semi-precious stones and stuff like that so slightly evolved as I've got older but no I have I have no <laughs> no actual skill or ability in it at this point just a genuine passion and love of jewelry as a, as a means of expressing yourself and accessorizing absolutely love it I mean it shows that they had an entrepreneurial streak that's also what I'm hearing here is like yeah 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 one pound just for you just for you, I got the stars. That's amazing. I'm not, I, I won't lie. It's, uh, it's, my brother has said, hey, you know, in the future, do you think we should start a jewelry brand? Because skincare is really, really difficult. And that's not to say that, you know, all industries have their struggles, but the margins that can be made in jewelry are 
incredible. And from a business perspective, like th- he's already uh, made that proposition. And I've said, oh my goodness, like we're already working dawn till dusk, seven days a week on our current business. Can we please just calm down and focus on one thing at a time? But you never know. You never know. 10, 15 years down the line, perhaps uh, perhaps I'll be Anna, the, the jewellery designer. <laughs> I think he's already thinking in, in his brain, like how can you upcycle maybe some different materials to create new jewelry, which obviously already happens. So yeah, wow. I genuinely yeah. can see that. I'm loving it. I can see that. <laughs> the second question, which is uh, more about today, but in general is more about, so I'm going to ask you, it's more like a, a bit of a controversial one. That's why I like it. Um, what is the biggest piece of advice? I'm going to say about marketing instead of marketing and business in your case, because I know that actually is something that you still look at as part of the brand. So what is the biggest, biggest advice about marketing that you disagree with and why? Or maybe misconception or common knowledge that you disagree with? One thing I disagree with is as I see brands grow, often I think that they go down a more kind of studio style, professional, very slick, very highly produced visual aesthetic for all of their marketing. And I think currently... If you look at the style of content that people are really engaging with in light of kind of the TikTok age and Snapchat and this sort of instant but very iPhone friendly kind of style, I think that trying different things and having, for example, ads out, whether it's like Facebook, uh, Instagram kind of style adverts, uh, you want to have a range of content. You want to really, yes, have that studio style, professional, extremely slick stuff, but you also want your UGC, uh, customer-generated, authentic, filmed-it-in-your-bedroom-style stuff at the same time, and you want to be trying to hit both of those different aesthetics and styles of marketing yourself at the same time. Because, um, you know, we're, we're all in a scrolling generation at the moment where the content's continual, and you don't want to have all of your content going out in the exact same style. So I, I see brands get bigger and bigger and bigger, and it just gets more and more slick and perfect. And I think, actually... There is merit in having lots of content that still sticks to that made-it-yourself kind of um, visual aesthetic. I absolutely love that because it reminds me of um, something that I see. And I can always say also, I'm going to put my hand up and say, I see it in your current content because I follow both my side and obviously my, definitely my brands, especially Creative Impact, uh, UpCircle. So I see it in the content that you put out, also in the ads, because I get targeted. Hello. So I see it in the ads as well. I see it in different ones and in different styles. And I'm going to borrow uh, Becca's words. Becca is one of our teachers. And if you are a loyal listener, hello, my dear friend. She's obviously our co-host on the Monday episodes. And in her, this is a little a little takeaway, a little nugget. In uh, her class that she teaches, one of the two that she teaches about digital ads, there is this little thing that she says, and I think it's such a powerful sentence, and is when it comes to TikTok, which she uses as an example for ads, she says, make TikToks, not ads. Because I think TikTok, as you just said, is the perfect example of this sort of user generation scrolling sort of type of content, and it's a great reminder. And I, I think, I don't know, does it does it make sense? I think it really hits on what you just said. Yeah, completely. And I think that TikTok is, is, is like a new thing for me. I'm still in my 20s, but I'm very much at the upper end of 20s. And I, I still feel, well, I, it's, I think TikTok was one of the first things that landed on my plate in this job where I thought, oh my God, I'm too old for this. Like, I don't get it. <laughs> I don't know what's going on here. I don't know how to get on board with this whole new massive 
uh, kind of focus that we need to grapple with. And at the start, when we're like, okay, we need to engage with TikTok, we need to start, you know, really coming to grips with how we're going to market ourselves on this platform we were getting it wrong because we were using the exact same content on our Instagram because I mean, we've also time restraints and financial restraints and all the rest of it have to be factored in. And to have an entire new social platform that needs its entire new focus of content. And TikTok is very much a more is more kind of platform. The more you produce, the more likely it is to get engaged with, etc. We were We made that mistake for a long time of thinking that it would be sufficient to recycle our old reels. You know, the reels format on Instagram versus TikTok kind of similar but actually you're more likely to have tiktoks recycled on instagram than the other way around so we we have kind of figured that out in the last six months or so that we really need to be producing tiktok content in the style of tiktok content and that's it there's no kind of escaping that like you really need to do that uh which is a really difficult thing to try to then figure out if you are not a natural you know, get behind the camera yourself and like, you know, focusing on these trends and trending sounds and okay, how can I adapt a trending sound to uh, upcircle products? And like, that, that's fundamentally what I'm doing here. We're not um, influencers in our own right or whatever. We are trying to market products. Uh, so it's been a, a real learning curve. And my goodness, I, I would be lying if I said that we've got it. We figured it out. Now we're trying to actually put that into practice. Um, but we've got some young, fresh energy in our team that are specifically supposed to be helping us with that. So <laughs> watch this space. Hopefully we'll, uh, yeah, we'll be further down that journey in the next six months or so. But yeah, definitely something that we have to figure out. Can I ask you if either from your personal experiments or maybe the as you said, the young blood that came. Is there anything that you already have tried as TikTok content that you have seen is actually working or you think is already more native to the platform based on what you do as UpCircle or you're still, again, in this kind of experimenting zone where you're not really sure? Uh, we're certainly still experimenting, but I think the the first thing that we definitely were like, we, we knew that every single video that we did needed to be built off a trend that was currently happening which means that you do have to have these fresh ideas all the time in order to then produce them quite quickly so that the trend is still live. But an easy way to do that is is to look at trending sounds and then to apply those trending sounds to uh, the kind of message that you're trying to put out there. So we've got people, you know, monitoring that and then quickly forming ideas off the back of it and moving quite fast. But it goes back to what I was originally saying about the fact that this doesn't have to, you don't then have to book a you know, a, a lighting, you know, a perfectly lit studio and the perfect props and then stage it. It's literally a case of, you know, going to your bedroom, turning your phone screen at yourself and filming something funny, witty, and then obviously, yeah, trending. But yeah, using the trending sounds and the stuff that's out there is definitely one way of making sure that you will be seen among the other stuff that's uh, organically being delivered to people. Now I'm going to go and jump into another platform that I know is a really strong one for you, as we talked about. I think when we're talking about the raw unfiltered content, I already thought about the in Instagram conversation. I think that's the first one we're thinking about. And I do believe that you've really had what I love about you. Yes, praises. But what I love about you and the content and, and the whole marketing strategy behind UpCircle is that you can see that, as you say, even if it can take us a bit of time, especially as a founder that also has an understanding of marketing, you then see something happening. And I think it's really humbling sometimes to be like, okay, this has changed. I need to change. The old day is not working anymore. And as you said, sometimes you see that not happening for whichever reason, whether you want to look slick. And I think Instagram 
is one of the platforms, if anything relevant, definitely for a brand like yourself that has changed a lot. And, you know, from little Adam Mosseri saying, by the way, we're no longer a photo sharing app. And all these things, they really show that as brands, we need to evolve and we need to be able to have that. So I wanted to ask you, I believe from what I'm seeing that you kind of already were kind of focusing on video anyway. So it might have been a slightly easier transition to understand how to balance that with the content that you put out. But we'd like to hear it from your experience. How has it been now understanding the big changes that I think are happening and they're going to keep on happening on a platform like this that has still got a lot of weight for you? Yeah, I think what I often say about UpCircle generally is that we see ourselves as a brand and also our products as constantly evolving. We don't put out a product and then wash our hands of it and say, okay, we've done that now. We've launched it. That's that. We are constantly taking on feedback uh, and, and refining things, uh, whether that's a packaging change or you know a branding change or whatever it might be, an ingredient change. And we take that exact same approach with everything uh, because everything is constantly evolving. Social media platforms are always evolving and you have to keep on the front line of that in order to remain relevant and to keep kind of ahead of your competitors. So as you said, with, when Instagram was no longer a photo sharing platform, of course, with any change, your first reaction is, ah, oh, okay, God, this is another thing to have to deal with or tackle another hurdle to overcome. But it's very important that you do. So, you know, every other post that we now post is uh, a reel or, you know, uh, they've changed it recently, haven't they? That's, it's not called IGTV anymore. See, here you go. This is a, another recent change. Or we've started using paid influencer collaboration functionality quite a lot. We're recording this right now uh, towards the end of January. So it's Veganuary. So we tailor all of our content for that month to the specific marketing uh, events of the year. So if you go on our feed right now, it's all food based, but it's food ingredients related to skincare and it's all with foodie vegan influences. And this is all very intentional and, and very much planned. You know, we planned this months ago because the sorts of things and the content that people are digesting at the moment are relevant to the broader marketing events in, you know, your annual calendar. So I don't think that as a brand, you should just be churning out the same stuff all the time because people don't want to hear firstly things that are, are repetitive or secondly just a, a one-way sales pitch that's being kind of thrown at you it should be more of a conversation it should be more uh, relevant to what's going on in the world at any given point because that's what's interesting that's what will make people actually stop and uh, either answer the question that you've asked or you know, to genuinely enjoy whatever you're putting out there. So, um, yeah, I, I think it's really important to stay responsive, um, to be willing to change what you're doing in order to, you know, respond to the changes in actual apps and platforms, but also what's going on in the world around you. Yeah, I, I, I hate when I see other brands just churning out the same messaging year after year. And I think, well, it's no wonder that your following is completely stagnant and, and not going up and not going down. You need to, you need to switch things up and, and keep it interesting. And I guess that also just asking you from what you have seen and you are seeing that also fosters the element of the engagement, because obviously following is great and obviously growing that is, is important, but I think it's also an understanding of engagement and finding the fine balance between the user intent of, I just want to learn or get inspired or get entertained. And then also, oh, I can also support this brand. That's how I, when I talk about user intent, and again, in the certification, we talk about it in, in the lesson that I run. I really do believe that it's less about I want to buy from this brand these days. And it's more like, well, first of all, I need this, but also want to support 
this company and I, and I believe in the mission and the values that they have. And it's obviously everything we do around marketing school, I suppose. But I believe that that's a, is a big difference between I want to buy this product and I need this, but also I want to support this brand and their values. And I don't know if you are seeing that also in the way that people interact with is an extra way that you use the platform as well because of Instagram shop and all these things that you can actually have within it. Yeah, I, I, I couldn't agree more. I think not that long ago, the gold standard for a brand was to deliver a great product. That is no longer enough. Uh, that's not what consumers are looking for. It's not just, oh, you know, UpCircle have a really good moisturizer. That's why I buy it. And also it is insanely competitive these days uh, and people are always looking for the next best thing. So in order to really foster loyalty in your customer base, you need to go beyond that, which is why when we started with our brand concept, it wasn't just, you know, oh, we're another natural, vegan, uh, ethical skincare brand or sustainable. You know, you have to you have to really be differentiated and be taking the next step with regard to innovation or giving back to the planet or whatever it might be. So. Yeah, I, I think that it's it's no longer enough to just have a good product. It's about what you stand for beyond that and, and what you do as a team of people or whatever it might be. Uh, it's it's no longer enough to just be like, oh, yeah, we, we, we make a good product. It's a big, 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 big old game. Um, that's I think also it's it's it, I mean, this is the sort of things we get asked all the like the feedback that we get all the time is that we're never. We're never kind of complacent as a brand. Uh, we're always thinking, okay, well, we do this. We know that we are better than most uh, in this sector already, but what can we do better? Because you always can. So for example, at the moment, we are looking towards becoming a plastic negative brand, uh, which is not something that we have seen in the industry really at all, um, but it's taking more plastic out from the system than is being put in. So you've, we've seen recently a massive interest in becoming carbon neutral or becoming carbon negative. We're like, okay, well, that's kind of, we've seen that. What's next? So now we're working towards becoming plastic negative. So that's the sort of attitude that I'm talking about, of really just pushing ahead and pushing ahead and pushing ahead. And that is what our customers love about us. And sometimes equally, as you've seen from our Instagram account, when we get something wrong, we are we try to be as down to earth and kind of human as we possibly can. And we discuss our failures as much as we discuss our successes because as a brand founder it's very important to me in the age of social media that you don't just see a feed full of this is great and this is great and we've done this and we've done this and we've done this because that's not the reality uh, we were discussing just before the call at the moment I've got uh, an entire warehouse team that have been struck by COVID at the same time and I think it's really important that people realize that you know it's not all uh, roses and butterflies it, it's a real struggle <laughs> um, William and I discuss every single day as going into battle and just fighting fires um, so I really think it's very important to to show that the peaks and the troughs of the reality of running a brand because I, I hate the idea that you see everything as perfect through social because that's not how it is uh, and that is the also something that really fosters trust uh, in your in your audience and um, builds respect for the journey that you're on and the products that you're making and uh, makes them even more special through being transparent about how, uh, you know, challenging it might have been to bring them to market. I mean, I love that. And I love what you said about not just building trust, but also gaining that respect. And I think it's such an important thing and is an important way to see how how we can really change our relationship with our customers again. Just to repeat myself, 
in the because we're talking a lot about social media in the actual lesson that I teach to our students about social media is a lot about obviously the know like and trust and really understanding that trust element is such a multifaceted side of it and a lot of people think about trust as buying but you're really showing us that trust means connection and is more about building a relationship with every stage of the marketing journey that you're leading them through and I think this is so important as well now I have a question that is kind of related to something that we talked about even now and we talked about before we jumped on which was you know you talked about being real and being honest about failures and successes and you were telling me about during the pandemic being in this really funny spot (laughs) of having successes but at the same time understanding where people were at and I would love to hear from you what this meant so we talked about messaging you were talking about the marketing and you were talking about growth and actually the challenges of having to market and be vocal about that can you explain that to us yeah absolutely I think that for a brand like ours uh the pandemic was an app I mean for everyone uh it was an, an absolute whirlwind time which we're still in we we're a circular economy focused brand so we rely on the functioning of other industries for starters in order to secure the ingredients that we work with so as a, as a very tangible example uh our signature range is made from used coffee grounds that we collect from cafes and bars and restaurants all across the city when all of those restaurants close uh, you're faced with a giant struggle uh in your supply chain Pair that with the fact that we were one of the very fortunate industries, beauty and skincare, that saw a huge rise in, you know, sales, etc. during this time. With everyone being stuck at home, they were perhaps wearing less makeup and focusing more on self-care and skincare. Uh, the, the sales of our face mask, for example, absolutely shot through the roof. And it was very awkward and difficult for us to be in that position because that was not the experience for the vast majority of the world and from the kind of marketing perspective you can't exactly be shouting from the rooftops oh yeah we I mean we're doing fantastically but you know and as I say you know it's it's never it's never so easy behind the scenes as I just mentioned our our sales were flying upwards but we, we couldn't secure the ingredients that we needed to keep our products in stock so we really had to go back to that square one entrepreneurial spirit that you mentioned earlier uh, uh you know thinking outside the box and really from a gritty down to the practicality perspective uh problem solving how on earth are we going to do this and we had to start from scratch but we were at this point a five-year-old brand uh and the amount of people buying our products was a hell of a lot more than when we were starting our coffee collections on day one and we had you know 10 customers that were our close family and friends (laughs) um so it was it was really really challenging but uh also you know being technically a successful time for us we from a marketing perspective thought that the best thing to do was to and what we genuinely authentically wanted to do as well i mean this isn't just telling a story this is this is the truth Uh, but it was really important that we use this time to give back to the community and to focus on you know fostering that that renewed sense of community and all looking out for one another etc so one of the first things we did for example was send out thousands i mean literally thousands of pamper parcels to frontline workers we we released it on our email database just saying hey if you know anyone who is a frontline worker who might appreciate uh, a parcel full of skincare samples then let us know and we will send that out and we had well over 2000 responses within the first hour at which point we thought oh my god what have we done here (laughs) 
because it was me and my brother who were packaging this all up because everyone else was working from home. But, you know, absolutely a fantastic thing to do. And, and, and one of the things that we feel so great about, we also started building charitable donations into each sale of our products. So our hand wash, for example, we didn't even have a hand wash at the start of the pandemic. So we very quickly created one and built charitable donations that were relevant to each month of the pandemic into the sales of that product. Because I think this is the sort of thing, as, as we've just been discussing, that really build trust and authentic, authenticity in a brand that are, you know, some of our taglines are, are things like leaving the world better than we found it. Well, how can we claim that if we're going to take a global pandemic and just be sat there thinking, oh, yeah, we're doing really well? That's, that's not what it's about. That's not what we're about. Um, so it was it was important that we you know, used that time and, and, and used the increase in brand awareness and sales that we were experiencing to truly leave the world better than we found it and try to help in whatever way we could. It's time to say goodbye. I don't want to say goodbye. Anna, never leave me. Oh, no. <laughs> I mean... Oh, how much fun. So nice to chat to you again. It's been a little while, so it's been a pleasure. Absolute pleasure for me too. Now, people are now needing to stock up on all the upcircle possible ever. So let's remind them where they should go also to check out this amazing content that we talked about for half of the episode as well. Yes, absolutely. So all of our socials are at Upcircle Beauty. You can even find us on TikTok. <laughs> uh, and then in stores, you can find our products in Sainsbury's and Holland and Barrett's online our website is upcirclebeauty.com and we're also on platforms like beauty bay or feel unique or look fantastic or ricardo as well so hopefully lots of places that you can uh pick up a, a brand new scrub or a, a toner if you like thank you so much for listening head to oldmarketingschool.com to find out more about the topics that we covered in this week's class if you want to make your teachers happy then hop onto itunes and leave us a five-star review Oh, and don't forget to spend the love on Instagram at Alt Marketing School. Until next time. <laughs>